I'm, if, if that thing starts moving, I need some of these young men here in the second row to come and tackle it, and uh, hopefully we'll survive this morning. I appreciate these decorations. They are wonderful, and uh, really appreciate all the work that has gone into, yes, I'm hiding my water in the Jeep, all right? I really appreciate all the work that has gone into Vacation Bible School, and to hear what God has done, that is wonderful. And uh, I am so thankful for those eight young people who trusted the Lord as their Savior. And uh, th- there's, there's probably been much more than that that has been accomplished for the Lord. Uh, my life was greatly affected uh, as a young person by things like Vacation Bible School, things like summer camp. And uh, when I had the opportunity to uh, uh, be up here several weeks ago, Pastor asked us to explain a little bit about what God has called us to do over in the Enumclaw, Bonnie Lake area. And I shared that God had uh, brought us here to start a church over in that area. And I'm not sure if I mentioned when we were here before or not, uh, but we've been able to start a Bible study, uh, both a kids Bible club on Tuesdays and an adult Bible study on Thursday nights. And uh, God just did a wonderful thing this past Thursday night. Uh, we... Uh, we had, we're getting all set up, and uh, we were informed through the grapevine of the what is the uh, the RV park gossip mill, I guess you might say, uh, that there were some people interested in, interested in coming to our Bible study that we had not met, and uh, come to find out, uh, there were well, there were three new people in our Bible study. I'll just say, I'll just put it that way. And uh, if everyone shows up that has been there before, uh, we'll have about uh, 10, or 10, 10 or 12 uh, adults. I think t- about 10. I don't want to over-exaggerate over it. But that is what God is doing in about 11 weeks of time. And we are so thankful for that and just uh, excited what he's going to do. I'll be praying. Uh, I, stopped, I stopped yesterday at... Uh, one place to see about if they had a meeting room for rent, and uh, that place isn't going to work out. But uh, come here in the next, before too long, the weather is going to be changing. We're not going to be able to meet outside like we've been doing very likely. And uh, pray that God gives us exactly the meeting place that he would have for us. I know he will. I know he, he has that all planned and just excited uh, what he's going to do in all of that. Uh, Take your Bibles and turn with me to John chapter 13. John chapter 13 this morning. We'll get get to it in a little while, but the title of my message comes from actually John chapter 14 and verse 6, and it says this. It says, I have it memorized, but I want to read it. It says, Jesus saith unto him, I am the way, the truth, and the life. No man cometh unto the Father but by me. Jesus, the way, the truth, and the life. And before we get into the specifics of that verse, I'd like to look a little bit at the context of what we're looking here, because context is important. It helps give us a picture of what's going on in the life of the disciples and the life of Jesus at this particular, at this particular moment in, in time. Chapter 13, Jesus is getting ready for the Last Supper. He's getting ready to, to head to Jerusalem. As you well know, at the Last Supper, the, his time is very short here on earth. 
And lots of things are happening at, the, at this Last Supper. One of the things that is happening is Jesus is demonstrating his servanthood. Uh, in verses uh, 4 through 17 of chapter 13, uh, Jesus takes the towel and washes the disciples' feet. And then verses 18 and following, uh, Jesus tells the disciples that are there, hey, there's one of you that's going to betray me. There's one of you that is going to, to go and, and betray me. Of course, we know that's Judas Iscariot. And toward the end of, of the, those, uh, verse 30, and that, um, you can read verse, uh, look at chapter 13, verse 30 with me. It says, Then, or he then, having received the sop from Jesus, went immediately out, and it was night. Judas Iscariot left this situation. He headed out to betray our Lord. And then the last uh, verses, like 34 and 35, uh, we see that Jesus demonstrates, instructs his disciples to demonstrate love toward one another. And as we come to verse 36 here, where we're going to pick up this account today, uh, those are some of the things that are going on in the disciples' minds. A lot's happening a lot of instruction, a lot of things that have never happened before for the disciples and things that they did not understand. And as we get to verse 36 here, it says this, Simon Peter said unto him, Lord, whithersoever thou goest, uh, whither, uh, whither goest thou? Uh, Jesus answered him, whither I go, thou canst not follow me uh, now, but thou shalt follow me hereafter. Peter said unto him, Lord, why cannot I follow thee now? I will lay down my life for thy sake. Jesus answered him, Wilt thou lay down thy life for my sake? Verily, verily, I say unto thee, The cock shall not crow till thou hast denied me thrice. This is a, a very, to me at least, a very familiar passage of Scripture where a disciple so gung-ho about uh, following the Lord yet realizes that he's going to be denying the Lord before long. And then Jesus further encourages them in this, in this time that they do not understand what is going on. Chapter 14, verse 1, Let not your heart be troubled. Ye believe in God, believe also in me. In my Father's house are many mansions. If it were not so, I would have told you. I go to prepare a place for you. And if I go and prepare a place for you, I will come again and receive you unto myself, that where I am, there ye may be also. And whither I go, ye know. And the way ye know, Thomas said unto him, Lord, we know not whither thou goest, and how canst we know the way? And Jesus said unto him, I am the way, the truth, and the life. No man cometh unto the Father but by me. If ye had known me, ye should have known my Father also. And from henceforth ye know him, and have seen him. Philip saith unto him, Lord, show us the Father, and it sufficeth us. And we'll stop there for now. But you see the, the conflict going on here between the disciples. They're trying to understand what Jesus is teaching, and, and they're expressing to him they just don't understand. They just don't understand what is going on. After all these different specific instructions, we come to this passage that we just read uh, today, and we realize the what, the the, what the disciples are struggling with, understanding what God was doing. 
Simon Peter, Thomas, Philip, and perhaps all the disciples were struggling with how and what it meant to follow Jesus. They had their own ideas. They were struggling with what it meant to follow Jesus. The disciples were still thinking of following him in the earthly sense. We see that from Peter. I'll follow you anywhere, Lord, he said. But he was trying to get them to understand the spiritual application here. And as we, as, as we go through this passage, I'd like to look at some of the different disciples and perhaps their reactions we see from their comments that they made and um, relate it to different people that we, have, that we see in our world today. Perhaps even some of you that might be sitting here this morning. The first disciple that I'd like us to, to consider is Judas Iscariot. And I already mentioned him. And I see him as someone who is running from what, from what they have been taught. Judas Iscariot almost has the opinion of, I don't want to follow you. Did he not have that idea when he understood who Jesus was and his, result, his, his reaction was, I'm going to sell out the Lord. I'm going to go betray him. And I'm going to run as far away from him as I can. Judas didn't want to follow the Lord. And then you have some that are searching, legitimately searching. You have Peter. He says, I'm going to follow you, but I want to follow you my way. I'm going to follow you. How does it say in verse, uh, chapter 13, verse uh, 37? It says, I will, uh, why cannot I follow thee now? I will lay down my life for thy sake. He had his way of following the Lord. He said, I'm going to use my strength and my wisdom and my physical abilities to follow you, Lord. That's how I'm going to do it. And that's not what the Lord wanted. Then you see Thomas with his question. Thomas said in um, chapter 14, verse 5, he said, Lord, we know not whither thou goest, and how can we know the way? But just the previous verse, the Lord said, And whither I go, ye know, and the way ye know. I think Thomas here was just ignorant of what God was trying to teach them. What Jesus... He had been with him for three years now, seeing miracle after miracle, seeing being there for parable after parable, teaching after teaching. And some people that we come across today in our world, though they've heard the word of God preached, perhaps clearly, they're ignorant of what God is trying to teach them. And then you have Philip. Philip is also mentioned here. It says in verse 8, it says, Lord, he said, Lord, show us the Father and it will sufficeth us. What is a a physical representation of the Lord in in, in Bible times? Uh, A a theophany, right? It's where a, a, um, just like the transfiguration where the Lord was a visible manifestation of God to man. Well, Philip was not part of that group that was there for the transfiguration. It was Peter, James, and John. If, um, and he's just saying, I want more proof. I want more proof that you are, in fact, God. So you see these different types of people. And then we come to verse 6 that we already, that, uh, 
chapter 14, verse 6, Jesus said, about as clear as it can be, he says, I am the way, I am the, tr- I am, uh, the truth, and the life. No man cometh unto the Father but by me. So first of all, as we get into some different points, if you want to take notes today, I see Jesus is the only way. Jesus is the only way. The way to what? The way to what? Well, the way to God the Father, a way to a right relationship with Him. In preparation for this, I reminded myself of some of of what the different religions of the world have to say. Because really, so many people understand that there is a God and that they want to be right with Him. And without God's Word, without proper teaching, people have come up with their own ways to God. And for example, even the, even the Jewish religion changed what God was saying. And they had rules. They said, they even today say, you must obey the Jewish law and customs to be right with God. Islam says you must practice the five, uh, the, the five pillars successfully to make it to their God. Hinduism says the individual must purify himself from evil in life. After life, in life, after life, after life. It's a purification of oneself is what they say. Confucianism. Heaven on earth is possible, but only through personal conformity to the rules of society. See how each one of these has their way to be right with God? Buddhism. Must reconcile self in order to reach nirvana, or, or renounce self, excuse me, in order to reach nirvana. And even paganism, paganism, must, you must appease the gods or the spirits or whatever it might be in order to be rewarded. You might say, well, what about the atheist? I have certainly come across people who believe that there, there is no God. Well, they believe that mankind is the highest form, the highest form. And that there is no God. Heaven or salvation beyond, the, or there's, there, they believe that there's no heaven or salvation beyond the material world. And what does that result in? They do everything they can to, to please themselves now here because they think that's all there is. They become the God. And even Matthew 7.13 says this, uh, reminding us about the religions of the world and how, uh, and what, what, how few people are going to trust the Lord as their Savior. It says in Matthew 7.13, Enter ye in at the straight gate, for wide is the gate, and broad is the way that leadeth to destruction. So many go the wrong way, do they not? So many go with one of these or one of the many other religions of the world. That rest of that verse, it says, And, and many be there, um, excuse me, many there be which go in thereat. So many go the wrong way. Many people today, like Judas, have come to the conclusion that Jesus is not the way. They have looked at the, the, whatever belief system they are using. They have come to the same conclusion that Judas did and said, you know what? I think there is another way to God. And they fill it in with one of these other religions. They fill it in with, with their own thoughts. 
Perhaps they've grown up around religion. For some reason, they have come to the conclusion that Jesus is not the way. But what does this verse say? It says he is the way, right? He is the way. We've been studying in our adult Bible studies that that I've been doing. Uh, We've started in Genesis and we've been laying a foundation of who God is and his perfectness, his holiness, his his justness. And I believe that is is critical for, for people to understanding their sin. And we've just gone through Adam and Eve and their decision to go against God. They, they were given a free choice. They were given a choice where they could either eat from that tree of the knowledge of good and evil and go their own way, or they could continue to obey God and eat from the rest of the trees of the garden, not touching that tree of life or the tree of, of the knowledge of good and evil. But we know, of course, what they did. Their everlasting life was broken by the choice to sin and disobey. But yet in Genesis chapter 3, God promises that Jesus would come and provide a way to be right with him once again and one day enjoy eternal life once again. And when we look at this verse and reminded that Jesus claims to be the way, that is a pretty bold claim. It's to the exclusion of all others. 1 Timothy 3.5, there is one God and one mediator between God and man, uh, and men, the man, Christ Jesus. Once again, Jesus is saying, hey, there's one God, there's one mediator between God and men. This is the way to do it. This is the way to get to God. This is the only way to get to God. John 17.3, and this is eternal life. You want to know how to get eternal life? This is what it's saying. And this is eternal life that they might know thee, the only true God and Jesus Christ whom thou hast sent. You need need to, the Bible is saying, you need to know about God and Jesus Christ because this is the way to eternal life. Acts 4.12 Neither is there salvation in any other. For there is no other name under heaven given among men whereby we must be saved. And we can understand from the previous, uh, and from verse 10, that that man that it's speaking about is Jesus Christ of Nazareth. You can look, look that up. I already mentioned Matthew seven thirteen, how it I mentioned about how, how wide is the gate and broad is the way that leads to, the, to, to destruction. Verse 14 says, But straight is the gate, and narrow is the way that leadeth unto life, and few there be that find it. Jesus claims that he is the way to God. He is the way to God. There are no exclusions. He is not a way. He is not one of many ways to God the Father. He is the one and only way. No one, regardless of reputation, achievement, Special knowledge or personal holiness can come to God the Father except through Jesus. And the, the application, you might say, of this is then it should be imperative for every person to consider Jesus as the way to God and eternal life. If Jesus claims to be that way, and he is, then anyone seeking to be right with God should be looking at Jesus as the way. 
And I would, I would, in a crowd this size, I would imagine that most of you have made a personal decision and you understand that, uh, that you made a pers- personal decision already to trust Jesus as the way to God. But how, how does this apply to you then? Well, are you Christian doing or going to share Jesus Christ with others like you should be? If he really is the only way, and your coworkers and your friends and your neighbors are trusting some other way. How are you doing with sharing the gospel with them? Yes, you've trusted him as the way, but what is the practical outworking of that? And you understanding that their belief system is not going to get them to God. Jesus is the only way. Of course, the second one, the second word there in in verse 6 is the truth. The truth. Jesus is genuine truth. There's so many people today that claim they have the corner on truth. That they have have all the information, that, that, that what they are saying is true. Well, Jesus claims that he is truth. He is the genuine truth. What did Peter say? I already brought this up. I'm not going to belabor it. But in, in, um, I already mentioned that he said in, in verse 37 of chapter 13 that he was going to follow Christ and he was willing to lay down his life for Christ. Some people want to follow Christ their own way. They have a different view of the truth of God. There's many, many religions of this world that are close they have a lot, of, a lot of the same truths that perhaps you believe. But we need to get our truth from God's word. And we need to get understand that Jesus is the only source of truth. It's not man's ideas. It's not something to add to the word of God. It is only the word of God, and that is our source of truth. And though Peter may not have meant it exactly this way, the result was he had a different view of what God was trying to do, what Jesus was trying to do. I believe he thought that Jesus was going to set up his earthly kingdom right then. And Peter was going to be on the front lines of defending Jesus when that time came. Well, that was not the whole truth that Jesus was trying to express to him. And he needed to understand that. Matthew 7.22, many will say to me in that day, Lord, Lord, have, not, have we not prophesied in thy name and in thy name cast out devils and in thy name done many wondrous works? And then will I uh, profess unto them, I never knew you, depart from me, ye workers of iniquity. I fear there are many people in this world who, who think they are doing the work of God. And when they stand before God, they will find out and hear these words. We need to get our source of truth from God's word and continually evaluate that what we believe lines up with what God's word says. God claimed to create the world. I'm not going to belabor these because my time is quickly going. Genesis 1, God claimed to create the world Psalm 146 says this, Praise ye the Lord, 
Praise ye the Lord, O my soul, which made heaven and earth, the sea and all that is therein, which keepeth truth forever. God claimed to create the world. The Bible claims to be God's word. Jesus said this is God's truth. Psalm 33.4, the word of the Lord is right. And of course, you all, I'm sure, are familiar with 2 Timothy 3.16 and 17. All scripture is given by inspiration of God. Jesus claims not only that, that the, the world is created by him, that the Bible is true. Jesus claims to be the Son of God. John 10, 30, or John 10, 25 through 30. Jesus answered them, My sheep hear my voice, and I know them, and they follow me, and I give unto them eternal life. Neither shall any man pluck them out of my hand. My Father which gave them me is greater than all. No man is able to pluck them out of my Father's hand. I and my Father are one. Jesus claimed to be God. So in recap of this point, people perhaps like Peter at this, uh, at this time in his life look for reasons not to believe the Bible is true. Even in, our, in my conversations around, the, around the, the RV park or just with other people in the community, uh, people know I'm a pastor. People know that, that, um, that I, of course, believe the Bible, that I'm a Christian. And it seems that every turn, people are trying to uh, argue with me <laughs> about what the Bible says. And if we would all get back to believing what the Bible says, then... That's where truth is at. <laughs> That's where truth is at. So is this you? Jesus, in, in Psalm 14, 6, Jesus saith unto him, I am the way, the truth, and the life. No man cometh unto the Father but by me. If you are seeking the Father, if you are seeking God, if there is an understanding in your life that you have displeased, that you are against a holy God, how do you get to him? Through Jesus Christ. Through Jesus Christ. And point number three, and lastly, it is Jesus is the source of eternal life. Of course, the verse says, I am the way, the truth, and the life. Jesus makes these dogmatic claims. And when we get to this third point, Jesus is the source of eternal life. The religions of the world are seeking to be right with their God. This is what the Bible says about eternal life. Jesus says, I am life, even the source of eternal life. John eleven twenty five. Jesus saith unto her, the her is Martha, I am the resurrection and the life. He that believeth in me, though he were dead, yet shall he live. And then Jesus said, I want to give eternal life to you. I'm sure you probably have heard the verse of John 3.16 before. John 3.16, for God so loved the world, God the Father loved the world so much that he gave his only begotten son, Jesus, that whosoever believeth in him should not perish. But what's it say? You know it. But have everlasting life. Jesus 
is the source of eternal life. He desires, God desires to give you eternal life once again. I talked about how Adam and Eve sinned. Adam's sin and his willful desire to go against God and eat that fruit, though it sounds silly perhaps in our eyes, it's just a simple piece of fruit, it represented his willingness to go outside of what God had for him, to go against what God's perfect will was. And when he chose to eat that fruit, he plunged all of humanity into sin. And from that point on, we have all been sinners. We've all had the same sin nature and desire to go against God. And without Jesus Christ and Him dying on the cross for our sins, the perfect sacrifice, to take our place, we would be paying for that sin ourselves in eternal death. But He's offering eternal life to us. And as He paid for that sin on the cross of Calvary, He's offering that to us. As it says in John 3.16, That we should not perish, but that we have everlasting life. So this morning as you consider Jesus. Jesus claims to be the only way to God. Jesus says he is genuine truth. Jesus says he is the source of eternal life. So as you evaluate your life this morning, have you made the decision to put your faith and trust in Jesus Christ for salvation? Well, I'm sure many of you have already made that decision. But if you have not, today is the day. Today would be a wonderful day for us to explain even more about what it means to have a personal relationship with Jesus Christ. He desires nothing more than for us to be, for Jesus desires nothing more than for us to be right with God. As I mentioned earlier, I trust many of you have already made that decision. How are you in sharing the gospel with those around you? Are you showing, telling, demonstrating to the lost world around you that Jesus is the only way? I heard something recently that we can often um, condone other people's sins by our reaction to their sin. There's a loving way to demonstrate Christ to others. and There's a wrong way to tell people that that they're doing wrong too. But... We need to make sure in our actions, in our speech, in our opportunities to share the gospel, that we are not condoning a wrong view of God, but that we are pointing people to Jesus Christ as the only way, as the source of truth, and the source of eternal life. Make a commitment to God today that you're going to share Jesus Christ with someone this week. Think about what you're doing, and you have opportunities every day. And I'll be the first to acknowledge that I struggle. There's there's many opportunities in the RV park 
to run across people multiple times a day. And I'll admit there are times that it goes, that it's um, um, perhaps out of my way to, for me to stop what I'm doing and actually have the opportunity, take the opportunity to share the gospel. But we need to take those opportunities, do we not? Point people to Jesus Christ because he is the way, the truth, and the life. Let's pray. If I can have the pianist come and we'll have a uh, time of invitation here. Lord, thank you. We can all stand. Lord, thank you for this opportunity to come before you today. Thank you for your love for us. And thank you for being the way, the truth, and the life. Lord, help those that know you as Savior this morning. Give them boldness to share your word this week. And Lord, if there is some here this morning that have yet to trust you as their Savior, Lord, I pray that they would would do that today. We thank you for this. In your name I pray. As you have your heads bowed and your eyes closed, the pianist is going to play.